Awesome. We'll be reading from Joshua chapter 10, if you want to turn there in your Bibles now. My name's Dan, and it's great to be um, sharing with you this morning. I take it as a great honor and a privilege, and um, uh, Pastor Byron and send their love. Um, they're all over the place today, which is exciting. Gilston has launched officially, which is cool. Um, but Inconvenient Increase is my message title today. So you can write that at the top of your notes there. And um, I want to talk around this thought of Inconvenient Increase, because who knows that sometimes uh, increase doesn't always feel convenient. In fact, I would go as far to say that increase never feels convenient. We love the idea. We love the thought. We love to be able to think and speak into increase and what that would look like over our business, over our life, over our finances, over our family. But who knows that at the end of the, end of the day, when it actually comes, it actually feels quite inconvenient the things that are attached to it. With, more, with, more, with increased resources comes the need for increased wisdom of how to use those resources. With increased territory comes the need for increased people power to, to possess that territory. With increased victories comes the need for increased battles that come with the cost. But at the end of the day, the increase that we carry in our hearts a lot of the time can feel painful. Increase most of the time feels really does, feels, and is inconvenient. I remember I went to Planet Shakers conference last year, and I'm going to, I did it in, I did it in the 8.30, I'll do it right now, shameless plug, if you have a young person in year 7 to 12 who wants to go to Planet Shakers conference with the youth, please come and see me after the service, we would love to have them, but I remember I was sitting there in Brisbane Planet Shakers conference, and uh, I was praying for faith, I was praying that God would instill in me more faith, which is a good prayer, and a prayer that I really wanted to see come to pass, I'm thinking, I can believe for more, I can hope for more, I can trust God for more, and so I'm having this prayer life with God in the lead up to Planet Shakers. And I remember I walk in on the first day of conference, the first session at night, and I'm sitting there and I get this nudge and I know what's happening in that moment that God is trying to place a word. He's trying to speak to me. And I just try to, I, I really quite literally try to keep it off to the side and be like, no, nah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to listen right now, God. I'm not going to pay attention to that right now because it came at the worst possible timing. It came around the offering message. And you you know, there's lots of times when you want God to speak into your life, but if you've ever been like me, it's not around the offering message. Sometimes the offering message can be the painful thing. Sometimes it can be the thing that you can, you know, you may hear something and you may hear a figure come on your heart and you're like, that cannot be of God. That is definitely not a wise thing. That is definitely not something that God would tell me to do. And God's like, no, I'm actually telling you to do that. I'm actually telling you to increase right now. I'm telling you to trust me in this. And so, the offering was coming around and I'd come prepared to give that night, but I came prepared to give something that I wanted to give, that I thought was a good amount to give, something that I thought was a wise amount to give. But who knows that God works past our wisdom. He works past our thinking. He works past of what we think is correct. And so I'm sitting there that night and God puts this figure on, on my mind and I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, I could feel the pain. <laughs> like before I've even given it, I was, I, I waited until the buckets went past, the buckets went right past me. And I remember I waited and then God's like, the BSB and account number is still up on screen. <laughs> and I'm like, no, why do we have technology? Like, why is it so easy to give today? And so I sit there and I remember I press the give button and I, I give it off. <laughs> and I just felt like a little piece of my flesh dropped off of me in that moment. A little piece of me just went with that, the, that, that money that I gave that night. And it hurt. And then I walk in on the second day. 
And, you know, I'm walk, I walk in a bit more confident because I know that I gave on the first night, so that part's over. And um, I was obedient to God. <laughs> but I prayed for more faith. <laughs> and so I walk in there on the second night and I'm sitting there and I start to feel this nudge again. I'm like, no, no, do it during worship. Do it during praise. Do it, do it during the message. Just not during the offering, God. Just be quiet, be quiet. And I remember the nudge came again and it came again. It was the exact same amount. <laughs> and so I wait for the buckets to go past again. And again, the BSB account number is still in my phone now. Now it's saved, so it's even more convenient. <laughs> so I put the amount back in and I press, you know, pay. And then it really hurt <laughs> a lot. And then on the third night, guess what happens? <laughs> I'm sitting there, the exact same amount comes on my heart. And at this point, I'm just about to tear up. Like, I'm like, God, you, you tricked me. Like, you could have just told me from the beginning, like on night one, this is how much you wanted me to give. And I, and I would have given it. And he's like, no, I had to take your faith on the journey because you weren't willing to believe on the first night that you could give that much. But on the journey of faith, as I allowed God to say, as I said yes to God in the smaller bits that were more manageable, God allowed me to actually give more. And my faith and my generosity was increased in that moment. God was just tearing something off of my life in that moment that needed to go for me to increase. Another example of inconvenient increase is um, a few weeks ago, we had to cancel youth. Now, I take that hard when we have to cancel youth on a Friday night. We had no power. It was storming. It was absolutely going ballistic outside. It gets to about 5.30 and all of the lights go black. This place is completely blacked out. We were having an encounter night. So that was like heaps of prayer going into this night, a lot of preparation. And um, I was ready to go. Like I was pumped. I was ready to see God move. And then no power. <laughs> and so I was, we, everything was set up. And so we packed it down in the dark and uh, we went home and that was a little bit of uh, a, a dull moment for me. And so I'm sitting there in my car the next day and it was, we were going to Gilston, a working bit at Gilston. And um, I remember going to God, I had a little bit of a bad attitude because I'm driving there. I'm like, oh, last night and now Saturday I'm driving to Gilston and why do we have to do it on a Saturday, God? And, and God's like, just really smacked me in that moment. He says, didn't you ask for Gilston? Didn't you ask for increase? Didn't you, didn't you speak about it? Didn't you, didn't you want it? Isn't this what you wanted? And in that moment, God really corrected something in me. He, he really corrected my heart because so often the increase that we're walking in can feel like the pain. It can feel like inconvenience. It can feel like it's not meant to be there when in reality, if we just say yes to God, and we allow Him to do what only He can do, He will lead us into a place of newfound prominence and newfound provision when we allow His increase to flow through us. So increase is painful, but it's pulling out the potential that we never knew we had. That's what increase is. It's pulling out a potential. What, what God did in me at that Planet Shakers conference was He pulled out the potential for me to give more, trust Him more, pulling out the faith in me that I didn't know I had. And I think for each and every one of us, including myself, God has us on a journey right now of increase. But what is He going to pull out of our lives that we didn't know that we had when we begin to trust Him? As we begin to trust Him, as we begin to understand that sometimes the increase is in the pain, sometimes the increase is in the inconvenience, what would that change about our perspective of where we're at right now? Maybe you're in the midst of increase and you just don't know it. In the book of Joshua, 
we find the story of the Israelites and they are, they, they're, they're, they're really, they're taking ground. They're in a season of increase. Joshua is leading the people. But before that comes a story of Moses and the Egyptians. The Egyptians had enslaved the Israelites. You may know the story, you may not, so I'm just gonna cover it quickly. But the Egyptians had enslaved the Israelites and they were, they were enslaved to these, to these people and they were crying out to God for many, many years. They cried out in their anguish. They cried out in their ter- turmoil and God answered them through a man named Moses. And Moses was used by God to actually set them free and to lead the Israelites out of out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. You know, the Red Sea crossing where the waters parted, and the Israelites crossed over on dry ground. Pharaoh comes over and boof, they're all gone. So the enemy is wiped out in that moment. But then they enter into a wilderness experience. And this is where we catch up in the story because the wilderness experience was enough for the Israelites for their increased season to be stalled, stopped for 40 years. For 40 years in the wilderness, the, the Israelites walked around wondering through their destiny. They were, they were occupying a space that wasn't theirs to occupy for long. They were in a place where they couldn't increase because they weren't willing to believe God for, the, for, for more. They weren't willing to believe God that even in their inconvenience, even right now in their place of pain, that He would be able to increase through them. And so they start to tell Moses, can you let us go back to Pharaoh? Can you let us go back into our own slavery. And sometimes we can get like that as believers where God brings us into a place of freedom and into a place of, of, into a place of great increase and empowerment. But because it gets a little bit uncomfortable, because it's not what we think, thought it would be like, we can ask God, God, would you send me back? God, I'm happy to go back to my life the way it was before. I, I'm happy to go back to where I came from because right now it doesn't look like you're here. But God's in the wilderness if we're willing to trust Him, if we're willing to keep our vision and our hearts aligned with Him, God is in the wilderness, even when He seems like He's nowhere to be seen. God speaks to a man named Joshua. A generation dies. A whole generation occupies the wilderness, never the promised land. Are we gonna be a generation that only occupies wilderness or the promises of God? And so Joshua is this man of God and Moses has died, generation has gone and God's getting Joshua ready to increase. And this is the words that he speaks to Joshua and I love them. Joshua 1 verse seven, he says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. I believe that if God was standing here in in physical form right now, He would be saying the exact same things to the church today. Be strong and courageous. Do not turn to the left or the right. Keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on my word. Keep your eyes on my provision. Keep your eyes on my mercy. Keep your eyes on my grace. Because if you start to wander from the left to the right, you will lead yourself into a place of inconvenience and you'll be stuck unable to obtain the things that I have for you. Are we a confident church? Are we a church that knows our call, our destiny? Are we a church that knows that we are a royal priesthood, as the Bible says, that we are above and not beneath, that we are the head and not the tail? Because there are some people who we can start to gravitate towards those things that we forget who we are in Christ. We forget that we are sons and daughters of the living King. We forget our mandate. We forget who God, where God placed us when He died upon that cross, that we are placed in the presence of the King. 
and we're ambassadors of his kingdom here on earth today. So God's telling, he's telling Joshua, get ready, Joshua. I'm leading you to a place that you've never even realized I could take you. And so Joshua gets this confidence and he leads the people through the, through the Jordan, which is something that Moses and the others could never have done because they didn't trust God in that moment. And so Joshua leads them through. They cross over on dry ground and then they come to a place called Gilgal. Now I preached on Gilgal last year and Gilgal is a place, it's a tra- transliteration and it means rolling away. The city is deserted. It has all the resources. It has, it has everything they could have dreamt of, this place, Gilgal. And God had it for them so that they could regain, regain their strength, regain their unity, and regain their purpose and their vision of where they were going. And Gilgal, for a lot of us, can be like church, where it's like we've crossed over, we've said yes to God again, and we come to a place, a great place, that is church, and it can, be, it can be a safe place. And that's exactly how church should be. It should be a safe place where we feel accepted, where we feel like we can gain strength, where we feel like we can gain vision. But so often we get stuck in Gilgal. So often we get stuck in church and we don't realise that we are the church. We, we get stuck in the four walls and we fail to realise that we are most effective when we're outside of the four walls. The church is not the most effective on Sundays. It's most effective on Mondays and on Tuesdays and on Wednesdays, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. When we come together, it's just a celebration of what God's done and what He's going to do. But when we're out there, it's what God's doing right now, what God's moving in position right now. And if we were to affect our atmosphere, affect our spheres of life, what would that look like for our church? What would that look like in your workplace? If we were to say yes to God and say, God, I'm, I love church. I love, I love Gilgal. Like the Israelites loved Gilgal. But every battle they fought was out of Gilgal. When they went to Jericho, they had to step out of Gilgal. And it was as they stepped out that the walls came down. And so as we walk out as a church into the world around us, that's where the battles are won. That's where the territory is taken. That's where increase comes. So they're in a great place. They found their safe place. And, and people are starting to talk around. And, and Joshua's led these people through a few now war, um, big wars. And they've been defeating enemy after enemy after enemy, taking territory, more territory, more territory. But they keep on coming back to Gilgal, regathering strength, regathering their, their safety and regathering each other. And then um, Joshua makes a deal. He makes a deal with the Gibeonites. And the deal with the Gibeonites was that they were to be allies. And so the people around that time start to go, well, this is, this is actually freaking, fr- freaked everybody out, really. And so all of the kings, other kings, they set out to destroy Gibeon. And so Gibeon pretty much say, help. We need your help, Joshua. We need you to come out of Gilgal. We need you to come and rescue us from the hand of the Amorites. And this is what Joshua's reply is. In verse 7, so Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all of the best fighting men. I just want to stop right there. We've got to bring our best for God. If we're not bringing our best, we've got to, we've got to, start, we've got to start to cultivate. We are bringing our best to God. We are bringing our expectation to God. We are bringing our hope to God so that He can do what only He can do. So He brings His best men, not His worst. And then He says, The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. 
Israel pursued them all along the road from Beth Horon and cut them down all the way to Azkar and Makedah. As they fled before Israel on the road from Beth Horon and Azkar, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them. I love that part of the story. I mean, God's just like that. Yeah, get them, like up from heaven, hurling down the large hailstones. And more of them died, get this, from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. So you can imagine the Israelites, we're doing, pretty, we're doing pretty good. Meanwhile, God's the one doing all the work from up, up in heaven. And on that day, the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. Joshua said to, to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you, moon, over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as, as it is written in the book of Yasha, Joshua. Inconvenient increase causes us to ask big. That's point number one. Ask big. Joshua marched all night. The scripture says he marched all night from Gilgal to get to the battle. He gets to the battle and they're flogging the opposition. They are absolutely annihilating them. God is fighting literally for them. It's clear that the battle in this circumstance is won and it would be easy for Joshua to go, we've had enough, we've marched all night, we're done God, we've done our part, good luck to the Gibeonites, we're going back to Gilgal. But what Joshua does is he sees that the enemy is still present and although he's won the battle, he needs to finish this war. And so many things in our life, we can see God moving, we can see God working, but we get tired and then we go, you know what, I think, I think we're done. I've, I've, I've dealt with most of it or I've done most of it and we level off. Joshua doesn't level off. His faith rises and he says, I need more time to do this. I need more time to finish this war. I need to eliminate every last one. I don't want one more person attacking what is mine and what is God's people. And so he goes out and he asks God to make the sun stand still. Have you ever thought about how ludicrous that is? How over, like, that's just over and above faith right there. That this man literally says, God, would you please make the sun stand still so that we can win this battle? I mean, if anybody can talk about asking big of God, I would say it's Joshua. In this moment, he has every reason to go, you know what, we're, we're good. We've done most of it. You guys can finish, finish him off. He says, no, God, I need you to do this. I need you to make the sun stand still because I want to finish what I started. I want, you, I want to see your increase. I, want to, I, don't want to, I don't want to take complacency along this journey. I'm going all out. You start to pick up who Joshua was. He took his best fighting men, and even when they were winning the battle, he finishes the war right there, there and then. He, was no, he wasn't a man of compromise. You see, Joshua prays an inconvenient prayer. When was the last time we prayed an inconvenient prayer? That God would actually inconvenience us with a responsibility that would impact others. That God would imp- that we would pray an inconvenient prayer. God, would you help me to be a voice to this person? Would you, would you let that person know in their time of need that they can call me at any time and I would answer and be there for that person? And when God answers it, that we reply with a yes. That we don't go, God, I don't want to be used. You know, we say, God, use me. And then we get used by God. And we go, God, don't use me anymore. Or people, I just feel really used right now. <laughs> it's like, well, we asked for it. <laughs> we asked for it. 
See, in my office, I have just simple, bold letters, ask big, because I believe I've been speaking it with the youth this year that we need to ask big of God again. We need to ask big of His presence. We need to ask and believe, and we need to align our hearts with His, because this is the thing. Joshua had aligned his will, his purpose, and his calling with what God, with what God had for him. That's why when he asked for the sun to stand still, it stood still. This was God's battle. It wasn't Joshua's battle. God called Joshua to do this. That's why, and sometimes we get, sometimes we go, God, why haven't you answered all these things that I have that I want to happen? It's because it was never God's will. This was your battle. It was never God's battle. And when we realize that when we start to align our hearts and our hands and our, and, our, and our motives with God, we can ask Him for anything and expect it to take place. As, as Jesus says in John 14, 12 to 14, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater than these. Wow. Because I'm going to the Father, verse 13, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, you may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. Jesus didn't muck around when he said things. He wasn't just playing games with us. He's saying, if you align your heart with my Father's, if you align your destiny with me, ask anything and expect it to come to pass. That's the God we serve. To ask big of God is to allow God to lead your faith into a place that you don't wanna go. Because your faith wants to get there, but sometimes your flesh doesn't. It's a battle. God, I'm gonna ask big of you and believe that you can do what only you can do in me. My second point is move big. Move big. This is, this, is the, this is the painful one because we like to ask big, like me at Planet Shakers Conference, God, give me more faith. And then God's like, okay, you want more faith? Now move. Make a big move. Do something big. Create some momentum. Movement and momentum come hand in hand. And we want momentum in the church. We need movement in the church. We want momentum in our faith. We need movement in our faith. We want momentum in salvation. We need to be going out into the world and making some momentum so that people can start to realize that there is actually some movement to the church. So many people think when, they, when you talk to people, they go, oh, a church is like this and this. And they describe like a church that was gone ages ago. And you're like, no, the church is way different to that. We've, you know, we've, we've learned lessons and we've done this and we've done this. And they, they start to realize, wait a minute, it's actually, it's a movement. It's not just a moment. Church wasn't just a moment. It's a movement. Church is not just a moment on a Sunday. It's a movement throughout our week that we get to be a part of. Move big. You see, Romans 12, 11 says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. That verse pops up when you need it sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like when you just feel like chilling out, laxing out, and just going, well, God, we've done everything we can. And there is a place for that. I'm not saying there's not. But when God's saying go, move, then we move. We, don't, we, we serve the Lord enthusiastically. We always do. Sometimes we can feel as if there's a pressure upon us that comes with the hand of God. Like God is mounting pressure on us. That's not from God. The hand of God moves us. It doesn't place the weight and the burden on us. He takes the weight. He takes care of the way. Obedience is our only responsibility. When we are in line with the will of God, the weight 
and the way is God's. We don't have anything to do with that. The obedience is ours. We just have to make sure that we're obedient. We just have to make sure that we're saying yes and letting the journey of increase begin again and again and again and again. The church needs to make some big moves if we want big momentum. Movement and momentum come hand in hand. Do we need God to take some weight today? Do we need to realize that God is actually moving us and not weighing us? That being a believer in Christ is not a weight of responsibility. It's a movement that God, that God, God will push us into our destiny when we allow His hand to rest over our life. My third point today is go big. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. That's a good verse, isn't it? I want to read that one more time. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, what no mind has conceived, the things of God that God has prepared for those who love Him. That means that no, no one has even heard, no one has quite seen the the expansive, expansive plan and purpose that God has for His church. And sometimes we wonder, God, I, I don't get what you're trying to do here. Good. If we, get, if we got what, what God was trying to do, He wouldn't be God. But this verse clearly says, you can try to see, I'll give you some vision, I'll give you some hope, and I'll, give you, I'll, get, I'll speak into it, but eventually there's going to get to a place where you're not going to be able to comprehend what I'm doing through you and in you. If you set your heart after me, God will lead you into a place. He will lead me into a place where our ears, our vision won't be big enough. Our, our, the voice of God will be talking to us, but He'll be doing far more behind the scenes of our life. We won't get it. And that's okay. We won't get everything that God's trying to do. And we have to be comfortable enough to go, God, I trust you anyway. At the end of the day, it's all your work. I'll be obedient. You have the weight. You have the way. I'm being obedient to what you're telling me right now. Pretty cool. You know those construction sites when they say, watch this space. And they're trying to send a message that at the moment, it doesn't look like anything. At the moment, there's, there's just construction work going on, but in time, there will be something established. In time, there will be something that has been established on purpose by design. And in the same way, you can look at your life and you may look at the ruins. You may look at, you know, you've only just started building a life with Christ wherever you're, you find yourself. I think we need to get more confident with just going, watch this space. Watch this space. You may look at your life and go, it's a mess right now. There's only mess, but there's going to be a message on the other side. And you may, you may, you may look at your life and go, I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know if there's a purpose. There's a grand purpose of your life. There's a grand purpose and a design that only God can give you. We just need to get confident and go, God, I'm going to watch this space that you're doing in my life. I'm going to believe that you're going to construct something in me of worth that only you can build. What would that look like to be a church that yells, you know, watch this space, watch my life. It may look broken. It may look insignificant. It may look unconfident. It may look like a wreck right now, but watch this space because God will be given all the glory. Pretty cool. Pretty cool to do. Occupy the space that God has given you. 
Occupy that workplace, occupy that school, occupy that university, occupy wherever you find yourself. We need to occupy the space. Feelings led by faith result in growth. Faith led by feelings result in mediocrity. You see, we will level off if, we, if our faith is led by our feelings because there will be days when we wake up and we don't feel like believing anymore. There'll be days when we wake up and we don't feel like praising anymore. There'll be days when we wake up and we don't want to be at church anymore. There'll be days when we wake up and we don't feel like being in the room with people who are happy anymore because that's just too overwhelming for us. That's when we let our faith lead our feelings and say, God, I believe you even when I don't feel like it. I believe your word even when it doesn't seem like it. I believe your destiny and your plan for my life even when I don't see it right now because that is the place when increase can come all the more. We have not been called to be witnesses of the future. We have been called to occupy the future. And that comes straight from Pastor Caleb Sachi down here on the front row. Can't take credit for that one. But I love that. He said that to me the other day. I'm like, that is so good. I'm going to use that in the message. <laughs> We have not been called to witness the future. We have been called to occupy the future. I love that. What does it look like for you to occupy the future today? What does it look like for you to go big? See, there is a world that is crying out for a message they're, they're crying out for the message of the church. They just don't know it. There is a world that is depending on us to go big. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about building mega churches all over the place, but I'm just talking about building big believers, big disciples, big, big people who know that they can't be taken down by situation or circumstance, but they trust God despite of it, who are willing to ask big, who are willing to move big, who are willing to go big. Are we that church today? Are we those people who would decide to trust God even when it seems inconvenient? Will we occupy our future? Will we occupy our promised land? Only we can decide. Will we go big? Will we ask big? Will we move big? Can I pray for us? Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, I thank you that your presence is here. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that as we meet together right now, that Lord, you would speak so clearly, that you would speak so evidently in our hearts, God. Lord, what do you want to change in us? Lord, where do we need to trust you again? God, where have we abandoned your will and instead placed our will over the top. God, would you challenge us? Would you correct us, Lord? Lord, for those places right now that we find ourselves in, God, would you let us know, Lord, that even in the inconvenience, there's increase? That, Lord, as we feel the pain, that you're actually moving amongst the pain, there's a purpose in the pain. That, Lord, as we walk this journey of life, that, Lord, you would be with us, and we would know that, Lord, you have a call and a purpose for us that can never be withdrawn, as Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says. Oh, and Lord, I thank you, Father, for your presence here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that it is the thing that brings overwhelming joy. It is the thing that outworks in us the truth and the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we commit today to you in Jesus' name. Amen. While everyone has their heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to give one opportunity really quickly. But this is an important moment, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to miss this moment because this is the most important moment of the service. If you have never, maybe you've never said yes to Jesus, maybe you don't even know who this Jesus is, this God is that I was talking about today, then I, then I would say that you found yourself in the right place. 
And if you want to know more about this God, you want to just ask some questions, you want us to, you want to meet with us after the service, I would love to have a chat with you. And so if that is you, I just want you to do one thing. I just want you to raise your hand. We'll see it. And then we'll have, have a chat with you after the service. Is there anyone here that needs to do that right now? You'll know it's you. You'll, you'll just know. <laughs> is there anybody here today? If you are, one more time. Thank you. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Fantastic. Well, church, thanks for, um, I hope this message has blessed you today. I'm going to hand back over to Pastor Caleb.